BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life, or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. Today's episode is full of goodness. I'm so excited to bring you this week's guest, Nina Agdal, who is a supermodel, wellness expert, and founder of The Agdal Method. So Nina really, really knows her shit. Like I was completely blown away. She gave so many great tangible tips around health and wellness from how to build up your endurance around running to the easiest things you can do to improve on how you're eating right now and how to feel great. It was also such a great conversation because I got a lot of insight around what it really means to be a model. And, you know, she talks about how models are kind of like a form of athletes because they're expected to look and feel their best and really bring their 100% all the time. It's a really, really good conversation and I'm sure you'll love her. You know, her energy was just off the charts and I'm obsessed with her and I hope you guys are as well. Before we get into the show, let's discuss this week's hot tip, which is MCT oil. So I have been a fan of Bulletproof Coffee for the last five years. Before I started having a Bulletproof Coffee first thing in the morning, I felt like every time I'd eat first thing in the morning, I'd feel like lethargic and slow. Ever since I introduced Bulletproof Coffee into my morning routine, I feel really sharp and I guess like on it with mental clarity. I feel really satiated, which is great. So MCT oil is awesome. It essentially, you put like a teaspoon of it into your coffee alongside some grass-fed ghee. It tastes like a nice frothy latte. That's essentially what Bulletproof Coffee is. But I really love MCT oil because it's essentially brain fuel. It gives you a lot of mental clarity. It helps your body burn fat for fuel And it's just incredible. Like the changes I see in myself when I have MCT oil and start my day like that versus not is pretty incredible. And so for anyone who hasn't tried it yet, I just wanted to put it out there. It's really changed my life in a positive way. And I hope that, you know, you guys give it a go and look into it yourself, obviously. So I've been getting a lot of really great feedback on the podcast, which I so appreciate. Thank you so much for sharing on stories and, you know, telling your friends. I Honestly, it makes my day. I also received a really nice review, which I wanted to share with you guys. It is from Playa4mHell. And it says, Sif is such an inspiration. I absolutely love this podcast. I love the guests that come on and the questions they are asked. One of my favorites. Honestly, reviews make my day. It really, really helps the show get more exposure, more visibility and allow me to bring on really great guests like Nina. So if you have a second, please write me a review. It so helps the show. It helps me bring great guests to you guys, which I obviously want to continue to do and just 
I, I love hearing your feedback. So whether it's positive or negative, whatever it is, I want to hear from you. Let me know. With that, let's dive into today's show with Nina Agdal. Okay, so tell me about your childhood. You grew up in Denmark. Mm-hmm. I want to hear everything. So I grew up in Denmark. You got that right. In a small town. Maybe you could say it. Hilerol. Say it again. <laughs> Hilerol. Yeah, so that's that's where I was born and raised. Grew up with my brother. My parents were together. Like a very normal and amazing childhood. Like I loved growing up in Denmark. Like looking back now when I'm away from it, I appreciate it even more. It's such a like fairy tale almost when you're a kid. Like it's so safe. You're out in nature. You know, people are so nice. Like it was just like an amazing place to grow up. So I lived there in the same house throughout my entire childhood and went to school, did everything. And then when I was 18, I decided to move to the States. So that's kind of like the really long story made really, really short. But yeah, Denmark is amazing. I don't know if you've been, but it's like the best place. I went to Copenhagen around Christmas time. It was like one of my bucket list destinations for Christmas. I just, I can't. I was like, this is like sensory overload. Like everything is beautiful. It's like wonderland. I feel like Like, they just go all out for Christmas. It's the wildest thing. All out. I feel like it's, like, the one holiday we actually celebrate to the max. Did you go to Tivoli? Yes. Okay. Stunning. I tell everyone. I'm like, it's, you know, obviously on the top list of things to do in Copenhagen, but it does not disappoint. Like, it's not one of those things where you go and, like, you're like, oh, I did need to go there. Like, I've never met a person that was like, no, like, that was not worth seeing. It's like… It's like stunning. It's stunning. And everything is like, like you said, it's just like, it's a magic land of like all the little details and sensation overload, you know? So I read this book on Hugo. Hugo? Yeah. Did I say right? Yeah. Very good. So I read it and I was like, I must go to Denmark to experience this Uh because I need to like learn firsthand how to bring that like feeling to the East Coast because like it's so cold and gloomy and like… They just do it on a different level. There's yeah. like candles everywhere yep. and it's like cozy and cute. And I was like, I, I almost can't feel the cold because like yeah. it's like so like joyful and cute. I'm so happy you say that. So hygge or hygelit is kind of like the Danish term for, there's not like an English word for it, but like cozy, good atmosphere, good energy, loving, you know, that. Like if you imagine all of those words put into one room, that's what hygge or hygelit is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of described it the perfect way. It's like, you know, it's like the lighting. Like, it's the little details. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe we don't think about it over here as much. But it's like there's candles everywhere. Every corner of the room is like lit up to perfection. The pillows are like lined up, like, but in a cozy way, not too like, you know, aesthetically too pleasing, but like looking cozy. But it's all about that energy, which is like what I grew up with. Oh, my God. And it's really like I honestly haven't found it anywhere else. But I I don't know what the magic touch is. That's the thing. I have the same question because after I went there, I was like, I've been to like, I also went to um, Vienna for Christmas, Uh like right before like lockdown. It's beautiful, but it's just not the same as Denmark. Like Uh that was just a different vibe. So what do you think is the the magic ingredient over there. Honestly, I like From there's an outside like, perspective. It's like this warmth. Like you enter okay. places and it's just this warmth and coziness. Like there's like textures like yeah. with the blankets and yeah. I can't get over the light. Like I know. like so many I know. candles and it's all <laughs> dim and I'm like what is happening? This is magic. I know. Like I brought my boyfriend. Well, I've brought him like a hundred times now. Um, and every time he go, he's like, the candle and the lamp game here. I'm like, I know. And then we come back home and we're like, let's try and recreate what we're doing. And like, even my apartment is very close to being there. And people like acknowledge that they're like, it's very rare to walk into an apartment in New York City and being like, wow, this is cozy, right? And a lot of people say that about my apartment, but it's like, what is like, it's, there's like one thing in the Danish. Nina, the number of candles I bought after (laughs) coming back from, it's like obnoxious. Like in the winter, yeah, yeah. There was just like hundreds. My, my, my husband is like, but why do we need this? I'm like, you just wait until it's winter time. And then it's like candles everywhere. I know. Oh my God, Hugo. Well, if you haven't been to Denmark and you don't know what Hugo is, this this is your sign to go. This when is, you can. The, is the tourism board going to hire us? Yeah, like, exactly. pushing it like this? <laughs> and my mom is a tour guide, so that would be perfect. <laughs> Literally, I I'm not joking. It. That is so funny. Yeah. So your childhood in Denmark, were you always active? Oh, my God. Always. Like, I couldn't sit still. 
now it's more fitness and exercise and obviously the Actel method, which we're probably going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played every single sport. Like I grew up with my dad teaching my brother or coaching my my brother on the soccer team. My brother almost went pro in soccer. I danced competitively. I played basketball like four to five days out of the week. I was doing a sport, whether it was something with a ball or dancing um, and then competing every weekend. So like I've always just loved, I guess, competition. I don't know. It's like a gene that like I grew up, everyone in my family has always been very sporty and encouraging movement, whatever it was and trying out what like literally just keep going till you find a sport that you enjoy, which is kind of like how I think I ended up where, what I'm doing today, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like my parents were always just encouraging me. Like I tried tennis, didn't really enjoy it, wasn't really good at it. I tried badminton, ping pong, like every single sport. And then when I found something where I came home and I was like, oh, like that was so fun. My parents were like, OK, well, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that's like a big part of me now and, and also what I'm trying to encourage and support other people in is is finding movement that's fun and that feels good for you because it's so different for everyone and and you know not everyone is good at basketball and not everyone is good at dancing it's the same thing with exercise and working out like it looks so different to everyone so I really have to like thank my parents my upbringing for encouraging that and supporting that in me I I think that it's actually so smart first of all it's part of your DNA but like just on like a macro level even as an adult like Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in university right like I I was like okay I'm gonna go work out and all I knew was running but I hated running like it's Uh just I mean I I can't and And if you hate running there's nothing worse than running yeah exactly (laughs) and so then I would just go months and months without working out because I thought my only option was like running or like the elliptical I hated both and then as I grew up like Mm -hmm. literally in my 20s as I started like experimenting with different classes and like you know YouTube workouts that's when I was like oh no wait like there's something out here for me and it's like Pilates I loved it and Uh then later on it was boxing but like you like people don't realize that like there's different forms of movement that Uh you can fall in love with I know like I love that you mentioned YouTube like it's honestly one of the best ways that you can explore and try out different sorts of of moves and exercises. It's free. There's millions and billions of videos. And like like you said, it's really just about trying everything out. Um, so I love that. And good for you. And I used to hate running too, but now I love it. So Do you really? I do. I know. It's like you can't like if I like think back 10 years ago and I'm sitting here talking about how I love running, I'd be like, oh, no fucking way. It's never going to happen. Couldn't run a mile. Would go to Barry's Boot Camp. Have you been to Barry's yeah. Boot Okay. Oh, yeah. So they're like inclined to six, running at 7.5 miles an hour. Let's go. And I'll be like, no way, Noah. I'm not doing it. And like, just be like, I'm walking. Like, I'm not doing it. You know, then you would get yelled at even more. Um, Couldn't run a mile. But then I started doing my interval running, which is also a part of the Actel method. It's about building that endurance. Because guess what's fun? When you can run. Yep. When running doesn't feel like you're dying, dying. every single step then it becomes fun. And that's when you start getting that, you know, runner's high that I was always like, what are you talking about? Like you get a runner's high, like you get excited, you get happy, you forget you're running. What are you talking about? And until I got to that point of being like, could run one mile straight without feeling like I was going to pass out. Like that's when you start realizing how strong you are. You know those things we do all day, every day as people that we're not even paying attention to? But once we do pay attention, they're kind of ridiculous and hilarious. That's what we look at on my new podcast series, Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley, writer, comic, and creator. And I promise you, this is nothing like the social studies you learned in school. And feel free to follow along on Instagram, at Jenna Kingsley. I look forward to seeing you guys soon. So tell me about this portion of the Agdal method. Like, okay. I'm going to go, I, I want to hear, like, from the beginning and everything. But first, tell me about this portion because I feel like I, for anyone who who hates, like, endurance yeah. activity, uh-huh. like, explain. This will change your life. Um, it's actually what started the Agdal method, basically. So, like I said, I used to hate running. I used to hate endurance. I was obviously working as a model and was constantly told that cardio is the way to lose weight. And I was just like— Sick of hearing it. I was like, I'm just going to do it. 
blah, 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 blah. Obviously the wrong motive to wanting to do something because like it's not about losing weight. It's not about wanting to shape your body to be a certain size, but it's about feeling good, right? So I wanted to start creating runs that could build up my endurance so I could actually start enjoying cardio since everybody told me that I had to do cardio. So I would get on the treadmill and I think one of the things that I really like is like a list of to-dos. Like I love having a list and being like, did that, did that, check, 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 done, right? So I would write out routines before I got on the treadmill. And instead of focusing on running a certain amount of miles, I would focus on the minutes. You know, I would I would divide it into groups of five minutes at a time. And two of the minutes, I would walk. Three of the minutes, I would run. And it could either switch every 30 seconds. It could switch every 60 seconds. But like the whole idea was to divide the run into minutes, not miles, and focus it, like focusing less on, on that and the speed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So two minutes, I would be walking. If I was tired, I would walk three minutes and be running two minutes and then just starting to add speed and incline every time. So I would see myself being, being better at running those two minutes or three minutes and being stronger and feeling better and then build those five-minute intervals on top of each other so I would run 30 minutes. And that's how I got into running. But it took years, years. Like it was not like, you know, a two week routine of being like, yeah, I want to get into running and we're going to do this for two weeks and it's all going to be like fine. It took a very long time to get there, but now I love it. And now when I fall, you know, off the wagon, which happens all the time, I think running is such a commitment, but when I fall off, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm just going to be like, get back to where we started. You know how to do it. You know, it works and pick up that list and do it. So smart. I actually love that you have this like to do because I'm actually the same way. And that's why I'm someone who like has loved classes or like, you know, looking at like workouts online and just following Mm -hmm. along because it's almost like, like, you know, what's coming, right? Like you're not having to like second guess yourself as you're doing it. It almost takes the thinking out of it. So I love that it's like pre-planned for you. Yep. So if someone is just starting the Agdal method and they're Mm -hmm. interested in this part, like, Just give me like a beginner's like spiel. Like I am new to running. You are new to running. I would definitely recommend starting with one of the quote unquote shorter runs. Mm -hmm. Again, I always want you to like remember that it's not about the distance. In the beginning, it's not about the distance. It's about every single step and every single minute. So I would focus on like a two mile run. And if you have the opportunity to get on a treadmill, I think it's easier to control the speed That way you can be like, okay, I want to be running now. I know my running speed is five to six miles per hour. So I know I have to get there. Incline, I do like to add incline, especially when you're walking, because that will automatically build your endurance and become a workout itself. So you build it up while you're walking. You get your break. You get to catch your breath before you start running. But I would start, you know, super slow and I would find what you're comfortable with. Write down the numbers. Be like, okay, I felt comfortable running 5.5 for two minutes today. Next round, next week, maybe I want to see if I can do six miles per hour for that same amount of time. But really holding yourself accountable and seeing your progress, I think, could be really encouraging. But starting super small, even if it's one mile, because one mile can be really, really tough. I mean, for me, when I started, one mile was impossible. So don't listen to any of those expert runners. I am not an expert runner. I'm just speaking from my own experience and how I learned to love running And it was truly not about the distance or the speed. It was just about how I'm feeling and seeing the progress and starting to feel that, oh, I can do this. Like running is all mental. All that mental. is okay. So first of all, I'm I'm gonna try it now. Like you've like yeah. inspired me because yes. I have an injury, right? Like okay. I, I fr- oh yeah, I didn't even see that. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. Oh. So I fell off a scooter, like an e-scooter, oh, no. and it was so bad. Like I was in the hospital. That oh, had my like God. brain a revel or a bird. <gasps> a bird in a LA? fucking bird in LA. Yeah, no. yeah. It was so gnarly. Like I, it was. It oh was God, just I'm like, so happy you're okay. Yeah, yeah, thank God. But I've like not been cleared to like obviously like yeah, do no, anything that puts nope. um, pressure here. But my doctor was like, you can try running, and I was like, really? You're like, I don't really want to like, do that. I, I, I would just rather not. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm gonna try this. So I will. I will send you all my beginner routines so you have them and you can try them out. Okay, I love yes. this. So, okay, Nina, tell me about the Agdal method. Like, we know that this is part of it, yes. but like, how did it even begin? Because you were a model. Mm-hmm. How did you pivot? Like, tell us everything. 
Oh my God, tell us everything. That is, that is a lot. Um, how did how did we pivot? So obviously, yes, I was modeling. I was discovered when I was 14. Didn't want to do it. Then I was discovered again when I was 15 and 16 and slowly started getting into modeling. Obviously, back then, I was still playing sports. Like, I was still, you know, playing basketball, going to competitions, whatever. Um, but then, you know, obviously, when you turn 16 in Denmark, that's when you start partying and mm-hmm. having a great time. So going <laughs> to a basketball competition on weekends is not really your priority. And that kind of made me fall off my sports game, in all honesty. Then when I turned 18, I decided to finally give it a shot and go full-time into modeling. And with that, obviously, came a responsibility. And I think one of the things that people probably don't realize or recognize about models is that you're basically considered an athlete, right? Like whether whatever your body type and body size is, like your job is to look the best and feel the best at all times, even though you're traveling, you're not able to get on, you know, your normal routine, you're not sleeping, you don't have access to real food and ingredients. Like your job is to look like a million dollars at all times of the day and all year. So when I started doing that full time, obviously, I really had to get into fitness and I do want to be the first one to admit that when I started my fitness journey, it was not a very healthy relationship. Definitely took years to finally find the balance between doing fitness because, you know, it was my job, but also doing fitness because I feel good. So for a long period of time, I was over in that other bucket that was just like, because I'm a model, I'm going to do fitness. But went through a whole roller coaster of of figuring out nutrition, figuring out fitness, working out 4 hours a day some years, like What? It was crazy. Like it was it was like not not healthy. I do not encourage anyone to try this cuz it was just it was extremely unhealthy wow. and it actually did the opposite for me. Instead of you know, I hate the term losing weight. Instead of losing weight, like I actually ended up gaining it so much because I was just putting so much stress on it my body. It with your yeah. hormones. And like your hormones, your metabolism, like everything was just completely out of whack. So I then kind of took a little break from being super busy modeling full time and kind of took like some time to myself. And that's when I really had to just reset my relationship with one nutrition, but two fitness as well. And that those two combined is obviously where we want to find that healthy balance. And I had to completely reset that entire relationship. So I didn't work out a lot. I didn't go to classes. I didn't go to, you know, my private trainers. I really took it super easily. Easily easy? Took it super easy. That's my Danish <laughs> brain. It's like, wait, that was not that was not right. Started doing yoga, Pilates, more just mindful movement. And kind of just like sat down. I was like, what did I enjoy about every single workout I've ever done? Like what worked for me? And that's when I started working out myself and creating my own method. Like I literally picked every single element I've ever tried or experienced in a gym with a private trainer running, anything that I've ever done that was active or involving movement. I was like, okay, what parts do I love? And then combining all of that into a method. And I always had this idea and this vision and and just like I over, like I just felt better when workouts were were less than 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create a movement, like a method that was all my favorite things that worked for my body That was not, you know, 60 minutes in the gym every single day. That left me feeling energetic, strong, confident, not depleted. Like, I think that's like a big misconception with fitness and with working out is you should not be leaving the gym or your private session or a class feeling exhausted and thinking you don't ever want to do that again. Like, you should be leaving being like, I am a bad bitch. I'm coming back tomorrow. I feel strong. I look hot. I feel that, you know, sweat coming down. Like, I feel amazing. That's how you should leave feeling, not being like, oh my God, why did I do that? I don't want to do it again. And that's how the Actal Method was born. (laughs) That's amazing. And I actually love that advice because I remember when I was in university, right? And like our, like, I think the education you have around fitness, especially like when I was in university, Mm -hmm. right? Like I graduated in like 2013. And like, I feel like, you know, the, the fitness world wasn't then what it is today. Like information was not readily available. And I'm sure it was like similar for you where it's like 
you just thought that the more you work out, the more yeah. you punish yourself, yeah. like the better it is. I know. The punish, right? Yeah. Oh my God. And like it's now such a, it's such a trigger. It it really yeah. is. And like the thing is that you're actually supposed to get that endorphin rush and mm-hmm. it's supposed to make you feel more energetic, not yeah. like dead after a workout where you're like not able to do anything for the rest of the day. That's the thing. Like if you like use all your energy in the gym for that 45 minutes to an hour, but then you go home and you lay on the couch and you want to reward yourself, another trigger, reward mm-hmm. yourself with a cheat meal yeah. or a treat, right? Like all of those words are such triggers in like the society. And I especially think for females, like those are words that like I always try to stay away from. Like 100%. the cheat meal. Like there's, that means you're doing something bad. Yeah, but it's it's just like there's no calories in cheat. Like cheat is a word that we came up with to like punish ourselves for enjoying ourselves. Like there's just something so wrong about that. And I think the stress that comes with those terms and what that effect has on your mental health and how it just like spirals is actually way more unhealthy than you enjoying a good pizza and a glass of wine or whatever it is, right? Like as soon as you let go of that control and that, you know, obsessive, restrictive eating, dieting, you know, whatever you're doing, as soon as you let go of that, your body can breathe and be like, wow, I can let go of all this stress that I've been carrying around. So, yeah. I also think it's so, like, counterproductive to work against your body. It's almost as though, like, we don't have trust and, like, don't understand why, like, I I don't know, like, just punishing ourselves and feeling like, oh, I need to, like, earn my, like, cheat meal. You know, it's like, it's just like, no, because— your cheat meal. Yeah, and, like— also, just psychologically think about it, right? And it's I say this because I was reading it in, like, some book. I forget. But, like, as a kid, when your parents said you can't do something, it's oh bad God. for you. It's yeah. like, there's nothing you want more. I know. <laughs> I know. You're like, well, I'm going to do it now. What's your sign? What's your— as Leo. You're a Leo. I'm, yeah. a, I'm an Aries. So, like, it's like that's a, a big thing, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, we can't do it. I guess it is like that for every human being. I'm just like, oh, well, I'm an Aries, so that counts for me, too. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. But it's also like the society has like kind of like brought this, you know, whole idea into the universe and and creating a reality out of all these things, which is like where, you know, just how I had to reset my relationship with with fitness and nutrition. I think it's it's something the society needs to do because there's so many opinions and so many people telling you how to live your life and how to eat and how to work out. When in like the reality, like you just said, no one knows better than you what mm-hmm. you need. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. How did you find balance? Like what is like a piece of advice you can give to someone who's looking for that happy place where like they're not, you know, like they want to get out of this cycle of like punishing mm. themselves and feeling like they need to earn their like food, which is just outrageous. Yeah. I think that's a tricky question because I think it it definitely depends on what your situation is. Mm-hmm. I can speak on my own behalf. For mm-hmm. someone who came from a background of obsessive eating, whether it was eating disorder or obsessive eating or just like a really unhealthy relationship with food of, again, punishing myself with food and with with movement. For a person like that, I think it's really about taking a break from all of it. Yeah. And being like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let go. I'm just gonna let go and see where it takes me. Because like the reality is I can't live like this. This is not it's not sustainable. It's not healthy. It's not making me happy. It can't get any worse. Yeah. So like, yeah, I might gain weight, but you know what? That's fine too. Yeah, I might lose weight. That might be fine too. Like, I just you just have to give yourself a break and give yourself some, gr- some grace and be like, okay, we got to find the balance and the happiness, but also realize that this takes time. Like, this is not something that like tomorrow you're going to wake up and be completely fine with all of these things again. Like, it's a complete reset but I think it, it can be extremely helpful to just, you know, obviously therapy. Therapy, you know, even if you're going to therapy for relationships or for past trauma or for other issues, like if you figure out those things, most of the times that's correlated to what goes on your plate, right? Like if you're stressed, if you're having issues financially, if you're fighting with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your parents or Anything that goes on outside what's on your plate, that's what ends up on your plate, right? So I think like really sitting down with yourself and taking a break from focusing on what's on the plate, but what's actually going on in the background noise 
is extremely important and can really make you realize, okay, like it's it's not about this pizza. It's, you know, I have an issue with my mom who I haven't spoken to in a couple of months and figured so, that out. But so taking smart. a break from focusing on food and fitness. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like great advice. And sometimes you need that reset to like evaluate yeah. what is going on. And yeah. obviously therapy, I feel like everyone should oh my be going God, to therapy. I know. Obviously, there's so many options to be able to receive it now with with insurance and whatsoever. But if if you're able to get therapy, I always recommend it for everyone. Finding a good therapist is also also like dating though. So it could take a while to get one, but I promise you it'll be worth it. A hundred percent. Yeah. So when someone signs up for the Agdal method, yeah. what can they expect? They can expect all my workouts. So if you're coming, obviously a lot of people that sign up for it is like, I want all your routines and everything. So obviously every single one of my workout routines are on there. Um, We update that weekly. There's anything from, you know, 10-minute flows or 10-minute arm cardio to a full hour of a full body flow, running routines, recipes, weekly grocery list. We update the weekly schedule. So if you like a list, like, you know, I heard you do. I love a list. I love a list. There is, there's a schedule. So Monday through Sunday, there is a list of you to follow if you want that. But I always tell people, I'm like, if you wake up and, you know, the list says 45 minutes, full body flow, and you're like, fuck that, then fuck that. Don't do it. It's very much just like a community and a place to go for inspiration and to hopefully find happiness and movement and encourage you to to start eating real real food, right? Like I don't believe in any sort of diet. So like you won't be seeing any meal plans or any calorie counting, you know, nutrition facts under the meals. Like I don't believe in it, but it's about inspiring you to finding happiness and movement and to loving, nourishing real food again. I love that. I love that. So what specific kind of movements are we talking like? Is it more Pilates based? Like what do you focus on? Like strength, tone, like tell us everything. So it is definitely a mix, like I said, of everything I've always loved in all my workouts. Mm -hmm. So um, it's Pilates inspired movement. It's yoga inspired movement. It's strength. It's cardio. It's intervals. So you can expect a lot of stuff on a mat where you can add your angle weights if you want more of a challenge. I always encourage you to start without them because um, we want to build the form and we want to build the strength. And then when you're feeling strong and ready, we add those weights and that's when we really pick it up a notch. It's very much just all of those things. I think you can see it, you know, the yoga, Pilates, strength, like inspired movement. Well, guys, yeah. like I'm looking at her right now. And before we started rolling, I was like, Nina, your arms. I just, I I can't. Like I'm, I'm leaving the studio and going to start the actual Let's method. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. So I know we were talking just a little bit about whole foods. Uh-huh. And I actually want to talk about the difference between food in Denmark and mm. North America because yeah. I feel like Europe, the quality of food is just better. Yeah, People focus more on whole foods. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like every time I go to Europe, I feel like just the food is just better. Yeah. So did you notice that difference in quality and like just the amount of packaged goods when you move to the States? Oh my God. It's so funny you say that. So one of the first things, a short little story about that. I don't know if if that was just my family who did that, but like we were very strict with sugar and cereal. Mm-hmm. So like sugar was like a Friday evening thing. You know, you could get a bowl of candy or whatever. Cereal was a no-go. Like it was like maybe on holidays we would get, what do they call, cocoa puffs or whatever. Yeah. But it was like <laughs> frowned upon, you know. So when I came to the States with a very unhealthy relationship to food, already wanting to be a skinny model, and I arrived in America, and I walked into the grocery store, and I see the aisle of cereal, I lost my shit. <laughs> like, I was like, my mom is so far away right now. She's never going to know. You've seen that, like, TikTok. She's not going to know. They're not going to know. No one's going to know. And I just went so hard. Like, I was like, oh, my God, processed foods. I discovered Lunchables. Stop. Girl, like I went, I went to all the bad things, all the bad things. So yes, I quickly realized how things were very different here. But um, I also unfortunately think one of the things that maybe are not, you know, often discussed is that that not trend, but on or processed foods are making their way 
to Europe. Like now when I go back home, unfortunately, I do see more and more, you know, items in the grocery stores and more and more people being addicted to them. So it's kind of like an epidemic that's like kind of going towards Europe now, which is very sad. But when I grew up, that was not the case, Yeah, you know, and like my mom, she always said that I was always like, why are we not going on ski trips and summer holidays to Spain and Tenerife and all of this? And she was like, well, listen, you know, your dad and I have made the choice to spend our money on real food and real ingredients because it's expensive. That's the other thing. You want to eat real food? You got to pay for it. You want to re- eat organic food? You got to pay even more money. So they made the the conscious choice of, of you know, putting our money towards real food. So we would get, you know, baskets from like local farms with all the seasonal vegetables and roots and greens and fruits and whatever. Um, and my mom would cook every single night. And I am I am so grateful for her doing that now. Back then, I did not realize it. But now I'm, I'm so happy that That's, she did that for us. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And it's like a part of your DNA. And yeah. It's so funny because I feel like it's… It, Like, it's just one of those things. It's, like, such a simple thing. But, like, people don't even realize, like, everyone's, like, looking at, like, oh, what diet plan should I do Mm -hmm. or this or that? And Mm -hmm. it's, like, just eat whole foods. And that, for me, was a game changer, right? Like, coming out of university, I feel like I'd gone into a vortex where I, like, (laughs) didn't know how to eat, feed myself, you know? And I was eating processed junk, and it was just, like, horrible for me. And then as I started getting more into nutrition and health, I was like, okay, like, it's actually that simple. It's just eating whole foods. It really is. Like, it really is that simple. Like, those two words, if you just keep those in mind, you can delete all the diets you've ever heard of and try it out. You just eat Whole foods, yeah. real foods, real mm-hmm. ingredients. That's I it. mean, when on earth can vegetables or like, you know, good proteins make you feel bad? Yeah. You know no. what I mean? There's it's just never no going to make you feel like shit. There's no <laughs> such thing. Yeah. That is so true. So lots of whole foods. Yeah. So I think one common thing around working out, especially for people with packed schedules, is like, oh, I'm, I'm too busy, time. you know? So time, exactly. Yep. How, like, what advice do you have? Like, is it just, you know, get in a quick 10, 20-minute flow whenever you can? Like, what's, how how do you navigate this? I definitely think there's different ways to go about it. One of the things that I always tell people is obviously prioritize it. Like, we all know that we feel better if we get that little bit of movement in. Even if it's a five-minute stretch, you know what I mean? Like, prioritizing it. Even today, my day is back to back to back. And I was you know, organizing my apartment this morning. I had meetings. Now I have this. I have a meeting after this. Like my entire afternoon is booked. And I was just looking at my schedule and I was like, okay, I have to prioritize this because like it's so busy and I am I can sense that I'm getting stressed. So 20 minutes today. It's going to be 20 minutes. It's going to be after this, you know, podcast. We go back, we do 20 minutes and then we go to the next meeting. So like prioritizing it. Another thing that I think can be really helpful is finding your prime time to work out. Because everybody has their own hours. You know what I mean? Like some people are morning, a.m. people for the workouts. Other people like to do it after work. Some people like to do it in the evening. Like figuring out when your body feels the most energetic is really crucial too. Because like, you know, there's people that that want to get up at 7 a.m. and do it. For me, that's not realistic. Like my body at 7 a.m. is like, I just want to sit on the couch and have my little morning ritual And, you know, get myself ready for the day. Like, there's no way I'm sprinting to a class somewhere. Or even if I do, I'm not going to put all my effort into it because I'm just not there. So finding the time of the day where you're like, okay, I feel good. Like, I feel motivated. You know, when I'm done with the workout, I still feel good. Like, finding that hour where you're like, okay, from 11 to noon, I know I'm good to go. And then scheduling it in. Literally just making it a part of your day and telling people you're busy. That's it. I think it's so smart that you say this because I feel like, you know, there's like all these like there's there's like a lot of pressure to like maybe just work out in the morning. Oh, and my it's God. Like yeah. The only time to work out. And if you don't do it, then it's like you failed and already. People like judge you if you do it like in midday. They're like, well, aren't you busy? And I'm like, well, I did other things when you were at the gym for that hour and a half. I was doing other things. Yeah. It's true, though. Yeah. Like, you can restructure your day. Like Especially if, now. A hundred percent. Like, if, you, if you're if you better working out in the afternoon, like, mm-hmm. just that, that that's, like, great. Good yeah. for you, you know? Like, just get it in. Like, yeah. I think it's, like, great sound advice. Yeah. And, like, with working from home now, it's even more, you know, possible. It's, like, you can schedule your own day. 
So definitely think like I, I think this is a great time for you to experiment with that and be like, try out different times. Try really early. Try midday, mid-morning, afternoon, and evening and be like, okay, I felt good when I did it this time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because like I have like one of my best friends is like an evening workout person. Uh-huh. And for me, I'm like, if if I do this in the evening, I'll, I'll just like, I just want to die. Yeah. It's not just not going to happen. Like it's not going to happen. And if I do it in the evening, I can't sleep because yes. like my energy will just hundred- be mm-hmm. so messed up. The endorphins will be going. Adrenaline is like rushing around. Like there's no way. Yeah. I'm like tired. It's worse than a coffee. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm like tired in the evening and uh-huh. then like I, I like do this workout and then I'm energetic and then I have to sleep and it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, like this is messing with my system. True. Yeah. So I also want to talk about travel and fitness uh-huh. slash wellness. So I think that people have trouble kind of like fitting it in when when they're traveling and also like what are your like good like I guess like eating and fitness hacks while traveling? Like, how do you kind of stay focused still? I think traveling can be really hard keeping up with any sort of routine. You're taken out of your own home and routine and placed somewhere else to have a good time. And that's why you're going. So like your focus shouldn't and is never going to be working out and eating clean and healthy. It's going to be, I'm going to enjoy myself and have a great time, which is what I think you should be focusing on. So with that being said, again, I think finding movement in doing normal things. Like, you know, you can go for a jog around town. You can go for a beach walk. Um, You know, if you have your weights with you, like go outside, enjoy the view, like do it outside. But I think like the first thing you have to realize is just you're not going to be working out every single day. And that's fine too. You're going to be doing so many other things that are so much more fun that are going to keep you active. It's not like you're going to go on vacation to lay on the couch and watch TV the entire day. So I guarantee you're going to be walking more anyways. In terms of food, I don't like the word int- or words intermittent fasting, but I do practice fasting myself. Obviously, if you're on vacation, this is not a good time to introduce this, but maybe before. Like, I think there's something to be said about giving your digestive system a little bit of a break, especially when you're going on vacation. You're going to indulge. You're going to eat big meals. So even if it's for breakfast, like taking a little bit lighter, having a smoothie, having a juice, having a fruit plate instead of having a full breakfast, and then for lunch and dinner— you go in and you enjoy yourself. But I think it's it's it could be really helpful, or at least it is for me. I can only speak from my experience, and I am not a doctor or anything, but prioritizing your meals, being like, okay, these two meals, I am so excited for today, so I'm going to go so hard. And then one of them taking it, it a little easy, not to lose weight, not to eat less calories, but just to feel good and giving your digestive system and your body a small break. Because otherwise, we're also going to get tired and run down. Yeah. Just keep eating and eating and eating, you know? I, I couldn't agree more. Like, I'm— Even though it's hard to do when you're there. I mean— <laughs> But you know what I will say? Like, yeah. when I'm when I'm on vacation, like, my dinner is usually, like, on mm-hmm. the heavier end. So, like, I'm not—I yeah. don't even want to eat at breakfast, yeah, right? Like, I'm just, like, full. And, like, if I'm eating, it's like I just want the nutrient-dense food yeah. so I can, like, nourish my yeah. body and get it ready for, like, the yeah. rest of the day. Like, yep. I, I'm like you, like, even— like, like when I'm not traveling, like I, I intermittent fast yep. for like every day. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like it gives me a lot of mental clarity, which is why exactly. I do it. Exactly. And I just think it's like healthy for the body to take a break. But yes. I think like it's such a great tip that like just do like a nice fruit plate or mm-hmm. like vegetables first thing in the morning. Because it's also like the meals come with the social aspect mm-hmm. of it, right? So you also don't want to go and then be restricting yourself because you're like, no, I'm going to skip this meal. But it's like maybe one of the meals we're just going to choose to only eat real whole foods. You know what I mean? Like the vegetables, the fruits, a smoothie, a juice, like simple, simple stuff that your body is not going to be overworking to process. I love that. Yeah. Tell me about mental health when it comes to wellness. Like how do you look after your mental health? Do you have certain routines that you recommend that keep you really grounded? So mental health is definitely, you know, a big part of my journey and everyone's journey when it comes to wellness and and fitness and nutrition, I think it's all tied together. I have had a very hard time with anxiety and depression and, you know, have really worked my butt off in figuring out how can I cope with this? How can I live with this? How can I make it better? Like we mentioned before, I think therapy is so helpful for 
all of these things and, you know, can play a big role in wellness. Like, honestly, the biggest department and category in wellness is mental health. Like, if you don't feel healthy in your head when you wake up, when you go to bed, then, you know, even your body is going to be slamming or whatever it is, you're going to look great. Like, that's just not going to be worth anything. So I think, again, like the number one priority is, is really checking in with yourself and being open about it. Like I see so many people that are struggling just because they're not acknowledging that they're not fully okay. You know what I mean? And I'm so happy that like it's it's kind of having not a moment, but like the society is definitely opening up to it more. And I do feel like the pandemic brought that. Like I guess just like the feeling that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because so many people stepped out and were open about and we were all not okay. Like this year year and a half has been so hard for everyone. It's been devastating. It's terrifying. It's, you know, awful. So many people lost their loved ones and jobs and are having such a hard time. So I think this year, if it brought one thing, it's like the ability to be open about not being okay. What was your question? I completely got sidetracked. No, but I actually like, it's true. Like I, I, and I feel like it's like we're in a healthy place in the sense that like, I feel like the stigmas around this have yeah. like disappeared. Yeah. And like you're allowed to acknowledge the fact yep. that, you know, maybe you need some help. Maybe you need a rest day. Like maybe, know. you know, you're just feeling like shit. Yeah. Like and and it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. But my question was, do you have any routines as well? Like anything mm. that keeps you grounded? I think a healthy, positive, happy morning routine is the best thing you can do for yourself. So like I said, it did not, it does not involve a workout for me. Um, But creating a ritual for you that you wake up and you kind of do the same thing every single day. I'm a routine person. I think a lot of us are, you know, honestly, like we want to say that we like spontaneous things, but like there's something so grounding about having a ritual and routine that you repeat every single day when you can. So my morning is extremely important for me. And my boyfriend knows this. Like, I don't mess around with my morning routine. Like, I need to just have the same thing every single day and the same energy. So I start my morning with staying away from my phone. I know everyone says to not grab your phone, but I cannot recommend it enough. I know it's a practice. You have to teach yourself not to reach for it. Like, staying away from my phone for 20 to 45 minutes, if I can, is really helpful. In that time, I will, you know, make myself my warm water with lemon, apple cider vinegar, turmeric, a little dash of black pepper. I'll sip on that. I will clean up my space. I think instead of spending time on your phone, neaten up the the room you're going to be be living in or spending your time in, like finish the laundry, you know, clean the kitchen, empty the dishwasher, like do something else where you're just doing something good for your being and for your space, but not spending time on the phone. Um, And then if you have the time or if you're into it or, you know, if you feel like it, doing a little stretch and meditation, journaling, even writing things down that you're grateful for, things that you're not so happy about right now, like really just getting it all out in the beginning of the day, I think can really set yourself up for for success. I could not agree more. I remember I used to have like, like I used to run very, very anxious. Yeah. Especially in the morning because I just like wake up, grab my shit and like get out the door with work. So overwhelming. It is truly the worst. And like over time, like I think it was like four or five years ago that I actually got into like a morning routine Mm -hmm. and it honestly changed my life. Changed your life. Yeah. And especially like the phone thing, Nina, like like last year, the whole of 2020, I believe, like uh-huh. I had like a little goal for myself that I uh-huh. wasn't going to touch my phone until after meditation. Amazing. And it it like changed my life. Yeah. Like it seriously, like the impact that it has on mental health, like you just pick up your phone I and it's know. like a cortisol like kind of like yep. boost, right? First thing in the morning, and you're it's, just instantly connected to the stress. <laughs> it's just like it's it's not the vibe. No, it's not. It's like I'm here. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's really you know as great as it is that we can work from anywhere and be connected to loved ones. It's also it's the devil. It's true. So I think like this is such a great takeaway, and I feel like everyone should kind of build on those things that they yeah. love in the morning, like 
I always say that find. Yeah, what's what, your what's your? It's really like similar to you. Like I wake up. Um, I'm like obsessed with skincare, so I'll do this like there you r- go. Yeah, like that skincare yep. routine. Have my bulletproof yeah, your coffee. Your skin looks great. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do my bulletproof coffee. Okay. I meditate. I mm-hmm. journal. Sometimes I'll do a workout like first thing in the morning as yep. well. And then, like, that's, like, at that point, I'll pick up my phone or technology. You're like, I feel, I feel good now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, like, I'm just an anxious disaster. I know. It's, and, it, know. like, it makes me less productive for the whole day. Yeah. So. And it's also, like, I've seen such a correlation between my screen time and anxiety. For sure. If I have a bad week in my head with anxiety, depression, oof, my screen time is through the roof. Mm-hmm. When I put my phone away… I have an amazing week. Yeah. No, it's true because you're just, (laughs) all you're doing is you're just consuming and it's other people's energy and it's just a lot. Oh, the like hole when you just start scrolling Scrolling. and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah. And it's just, it's never ending. What am I doing? How did I end up here? Like I send screenshots to my friends. I'm like, how did I end up here? It's like the deepest hole. Like who is this person and why am I obsessed with her? Like stop. Yeah. It's so unhealthy. I am dead. Okay. (laughs) Nina, if you could leave our audience with one tip, what would it be? One tip. That's so hard. Okay. Like one hack, anything. One hack anything. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many things. I feel like I said so many things today that are all my hacks. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I know we just spoke about it, but like creating that positive morning routine, I think is the start to anything and everything great. Like what you do in the morning sets you up for what you do the rest of the day. And if you choose something good for you first thing in the morning, I guarantee you the odds of you choosing that later in the day and every single decision you make out through the day, the odds of them being good for you as well is way higher than if you don't have a healthy, positive morning routine. I love this tip. On that note, (laughs) tell everyone where they can find you. Um, you can find me on my Instagram if you want to scroll, um, but don't do it for too long. Or first thing in the morning. Yeah, or first thing <laughs> in the morning. Definitely don't do that. Um, Nina Agdell. And then my website is theagdellmethod.com. And where are you teaching and for how long if someone wants to come check out your class? I am teaching at the Reform Club in Amagansett, which is a gorgeous hotel if you ever want to go to the Hamptons. Um, Chase, who runs it, is like my best friend. I am not getting paid to say this, but it's the most beautiful hotel you would ever see. So I teach there every Saturday at 10.30 a.m. through Labor Day. We might continue if there's still an audience and if there's still nice weather. And if not, then we're looking to teach back in the city and maybe L.A. Maybe L.A. Maybe L.A. I'm going to push for this. I'm (gasps) pushing for this, Nina. That would be really fun. We should do something there. We got to make it happen. Front row and center, baby. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I'm there with my fucking cast. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nina. This was super fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. 